on a spring morning more than 2,000 years ago, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, descended on a small gathering of a few believers in a room in a sprawling town called Jerusalem. Uh, The winds blew, flames burned, people started speaking in languages they hadn't ever studied, and the church was birthed. The church emerged, the Spirit came down, and the church showed up. I'm sharing this with you for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, this is Pentecost Sunday, Jonathan mentioned. Also, you might just want to be careful as you gather with us in this virtual way to worship. The Spirit might just show up again. Uh, since this is Pentecost and uh, the day the church has set aside to celebrate the birth of the church and the Spirit's presence with it, I thought we could listen to some of the voices of the church's past, Cyprian and Peterson and Calvin, my friends Han Luen and Jake and Sam uh, will read them for us. No one can have God as father who does not have the church as mother. The church is the primary arena in which we learn that glory does not consist in what we do for God, but in what God does for us. The whole world is a display of the divine goodness, wisdom, justice, and power but the church is the orchestra. I love that. That is awesome. The church may not always live up to its high status in the kingdom, but our inconsistent past is not evidence God's heart is no longer for us. Uh, This is Pentecost Sunday, the day we celebrate the Spirit is with the church. Uh, So listen to the story. Listen to the story that gives this day its meaning. I've asked a few friends to help me share it. Jonathan and Anna will join me in just a minute. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like the rush of a violent wind that filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, There were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. At this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered. They said to one another, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? Amazed and astonished, they said, How is it that we hear each of us in our own native languages, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belong to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them speaking of God's deeds of power. Amazed and astonished, they said to one another, what does this mean? Others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing among the eleven, addressed them. Men of Judea, and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In those days, the Lord declared, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, 
In those days I shall pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You that are Israelites, listen to what I say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power and wonders and signs that God did through him among you as you yourselves know. This man, handed over to you by the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will fill me with gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, For he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the gift of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you both see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus, who you crucified. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the others, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, for those who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. And he continued to exhort them with many arguments, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who received the message were baptized. And on that day, about 3,000 were added to the number. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because of the wonders and signs being done by the apostles. Those who believed were together and held everything in common. They sold their possessions and goods and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day they met together in the temple and ate bread in their homes with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. It's Acts chapter 2. It's the story of Pentecost. The Spirit comes down. The church shows up. In just a minute, uh, we're going to try our hand again at a quarantine communion celebration. I'm hoping you've got bread or crackers or cookie, juice or wine or water would work too uh, as we gather around the table today. For now, I thought it'd be interesting, I asked my friend Juan Wagenveld if he could give us just a glimpse of what that day might have sounded like. Juan is the executive director of a ministry Pillars are part of called Multiplication Network Ministries, which raises up leaders all around the world to plant churches in communities for the common good of those places. They have planted more churches than you and I can count. Listen to what it might have sounded like on that Pentecost day. Después de esto derramaré mi espíritu sobre toda carne y profetizarán vuestros hijos e hijas vuestros ancianos soñarán sueños Amén I love that. That's the church. Uh, just a couple of things from this Pentecost story. It is the nature of God to draw near. It's the nature of God to draw near to bless the world. God draws near. God shows up. That's the story of Pentecost. Listen to how it begins. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. A sound came from heaven. The Holy Spirit filled. It is the nature of God to come near. It's God's heart to come close. I was in a conversation with a friend recently, a recent college grad now going to be married uh, this summer. When she was just a little girl, five years old, her parents divorced. It, it broke her heart. And shortly after their divorce, her dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer, was given six months to live. He made it four. And there has been a deep void in her life ever since. As she was reflecting with me on that deep ache, she said to me, my experience is God comes close in my grieving and weeps with me. That's the nature of God, to draw near, to come close. It's always been God's heart. In the very beginning, God spoke the world into existence and formed the first human out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And then God showed up again, took a rib from the man, made the woman. And then God showed up again each night at the time of the evening breeze. And even after the devastation of the fall, even after Cain took Abel's life, God shows up to Cain and marks him with protection. God showed up to Noah with an ark and Abram with a promise and Sarai with a, do uh, with a son and Hannah, and Esther, and Naomi, and Ruth. And in the fullness of time, God showed up in Jesus Christ. The word made flesh for us and for our salvation, and that Christ promised the Holy Spirit, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will send the other, another, the advocate, to be with you forever. And that spirit is with the church still. God shows up. 
God draws near. That's the nature of God. I was sitting on the front lawn earlier this week on the Adirondacks. It finally got nice enough. Uh, I noticed two others were sitting on another part of the lawn in Adirondacks, too. Uh, I kept doing my thing, only to realize later there were a couple of friends of mine, Jen and Julie. So I made my way over. We sat so far apart, we basically had to use walkie-talkies to communicate. Uh, They were being honest about some of their frustrations with the current reality. Uh, businesses closing, people losing jobs, not sure how to behave, how to comport ourselves, and all of it gets so politicized so quickly, polarizing and dividing, and they were frustrated. As I was listening to their honesty, it kind of struck me. The same Holy Spirit that came down on that Pentecost day is the same Holy Spirit that shows up in Adirondacks on the front lawn to a frustrated set of friends of mine still drawing near to the epidemiologist tracking the data, trying to give wisdom, still drawing near to the bride and the groom whose wedding day is being reimagined and revised, still drawing near to the one grieving, grieving whether COVID happened or not, but now grieving alone, still drawing near. That's the nature of God. And if it's the nature of God, shouldn't, wouldn't it kind of line up then that it would be the instinct of the church to... Wouldn't that kind of make sense? If it's God's nature to draw near, wouldn't the church be the kind of people that lean in, draw near, come close to, come close to the sad and the hurting? Uh, This has been a tough week uh, for a lot of folks as we've watched the videos of the tragic death of George Floyd. One in a line too long of black men in our country whose lives have been taken too soon. The complicating realities of racism in our country are difficult to understand and wrap your heart and head around. No one's really asking any one of us to fix the whole system right now. But there's a whole host of people wondering, does the church care? Does the church care? Do you care? Can we be the kind of church that draws near, doesn't sit idly by, sit back and watch as a world wallows, but rather steps up in presence? That's the nature of God. Let it be true of the church. It's the nature of God to draw near, to draw near to bless the world. It's always been God's heart. When he showed up to Abram and said, I'll be your God and you'll be my people and I'll bless you, to bless the world. So Peter, this this Pentecost day happens, flames and wind and people speak in other languages and Peter stands up. Peter, the one who denied Christ just seven weeks earlier, now the one announcing Christ 50 days after the resurrection. Peter stands up to preach. The sermon begins ends and consists throughout with an announcement of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection and its saving purposes for the world. Jesus is the blessing to the world. That's why Paul says in Colossians, he holds all things together. That's why Paul says in a different place, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why John would shout, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Jesus Christ is 
the blessing to the world, and the church is the herald. The church is the one that announces it. There's a rooster on the top of this building, a reminder to us. We're heralds of the one who blesses the world in the way we live and in the way we talk. My guess is the church will be a blessing, not so much because of what it says, but because of how it listens. My, my hunch is the church will bless less by what it posts and more by how it behaves. I'm, I'm thinking the blessing the church will offer the world is less likely to happen on social media and more likely to take place in neighborhoods, in coffee shops, in downtown streets, in factory floors, and living rooms as we announce the person of Jesus Christ and live the way he lived. It's so amazing. Pentecost story ends. And then there's this stunning line. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and good and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, and here's the point, and having the goodwill of all the people. Peter announces Christ, 3,000 are baptized, and the lives they lived reflected that blessing to the world. They had the good will of all the people. That's the church. That's the church. Can we who follow Christ be good news for the world? Can we who follow Christ be a blessing to those around us? Can we not be marked by hypocrisy and polarization, but rather by blessing and goodness? Could that be the church? One story, uh, then we'll come to the table. Uh, Kristen and I moved to Washington 2003. We packed everything we owned in a 24-foot rider truck. It took about two square feet of the entirety of that truck. That's everything we owned. Uh, we landed on the jagged shores of Whidbey Island, northwest of Seattle, among the waters of Puget Sound, to serve the First Reformed Church of Oak Harbor. Uh, amazingly, because of this online stuff, now they're dialing into pillar services. Hello, Washington friends. We served there for nearly a decade. They raised us in pastoral ministry. Uh, they loved us and cared for us and walked with us. Uh, they watched us. They welcomed our first three daughters uh, into the world, Lydia, Tabitha, and Mariah. Our heart for them is deep. Uh, like this church, that church had a heart for the community around it. They wanted to be good news uh, to their community. And not just like the local one, but the global one too. So in 2011, there was that massive earthquake in Japan that devastated an entire country. And congregations of the RCA and the CRC uh, we're invited to put together baby care kits to send over to Japan. So FRC took it seriously and put together baby care kits, uh, wipies and washcloths and little safety pins. Uh, we basically bought out the entire town's worth of safety pins. One, one woman in the congregation, her name was Kathy, first went to Ace Hardware to look for safety pins. They were sold out then went to like Joanne's Fabrics or something like that. They were sold out. So went to Walmart or Kmart, down, found the aisle where the safety pins might be. They were gone. So she tracked down a clerk, asked the clerk, hey, do you have any safety pins in the back room? And the clerk stopped dead in her track, tracks, looked at Kathy and said, who are you people? That's the church. That's the church. 
known for its blessing of the world. It is the nature of God to draw near, to draw near to bless the world. So let it be true of the church. And today, we have the opportunity to taste the blessing. The blessing as it's given to us in the bread broken. The blessing as it's poured out for us in the cup. The body given, the blood poured out for the world. If you believe that Jesus is Lord and you acknowledge him as Savior, uh, you're welcome in this virtual way to celebrate communion with us. Uh, if you're not at that place in life or faith, uh, if, if, you're, if you're wondering about faith, if you're asking questions about God, it is a privilege to be with you. Uh, or for other reasons you choose not to celebrate communion with us in this way, uh, you're welcome as the ensemble leads us to reflect on the words uh, that will be printed on the screen. Uh, come, for all things are ready.